0: Welcome to our service tonight. We want to begin with number 667, 667. Let's stand, please, as we worship the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. We seek thy face within the veil, we bow the knee. Let's stand, please, to worship. Well, as we have been singing here, we come to seek the face of our Lord, and we come to bow before Him and pray according to His will, that He would hear us. And so as we come to seek Him now tonight, let's settle our hearts and our minds down before Him and pray that the Word of God would rest in our own heart. It's good to pray, you know, as we come into the place of worship and say, Lord, I need a word from my own heart tonight. I need the Holy Spirit to speak to me. And as we pray that now, uh, the Lord would uh, touch our hearts. Our gracious Father, we, with rejoicing and thanksgiving, come once more into your holy presence. We are thankful, Father, tonight for the opportunity once more of being with those of like precious faith. We have come, Father, to a place where we gather in Christ Jesus' name, and we have been guaranteed the promise of the Word is that where two or three are gathered in His name, He is one of our number. Blessed Lord Jesus, therefore, Make Yourself known to us as You sit beside each one in the pew, standing here in the pulpit, Lord, beside me. I pray that we will know the power of the Holy Spirit whereby we can come to worship in the right manner and that the Spirit of God will take the Scriptures and make them known to our heart Help us to see and learn and understand more of our Savior. Father, we stand in need tonight, as needy as ever. We cannot, Lord, depend upon a blessing of yesterday or last week, even this morning. But we come, Father, to seek for a fresh blessing from Your hand. Dear God, meet with us tonight. Shut away every distracting thought. Do not let other things intrude upon a sacred hour. And, O God, I pray as we thought even at the beginning of our service, that there would be a word to my own heart. Lord, speak to everyone in this building tonight. Those that are watching online, Let the Spirit of God and the Word of the Lord come with power to our hearts, convicting power, converting power, life-changing power, so, Father, that we will not be the same as when we came in, but we will be as we know Christ changed more into His image, more to be like our Lord Jesus. Father, as we pray that prayer, we we need to have the, the old self stamped out and taken away. We pray that we will have and reflect the beauty and the love, the kindness, the mercy, the grace of Christ more in us. Lord, I pray that each day we will grow in likeness to our Savior, And so hear our prayer tonight in that regard, and be with us. We think of those who are sick, cannot be here. Lord, touch them, bless them, help them. We pray for the elderly in our congregation that some can be here and some cannot. Lord, be with everyone who makes the effort to come, to do what they can, to be in the house of praise. We ask, dear Father, to remember those that are preaching the Word in other places, faithful to the Scriptures. We think of all of our own churches and our missionaries. We think of our brother Fraser tonight in Phoenix. Bless his ministry and prosper that work there. And Lord, raise up, we pray, a full-time pastor for that congregation. We ask, dear God, to... Remember the work in Fredericton. Our brother Diderno, undertake for him and bless him there. And then closer to us, we pray for the work in Port Hope. and Bless Brother Siman, is preaching uh, tonight there. And Lord, give direction for that ministry. Thankful for Brother Lyons, able to minister in the morning there the last few weeks. And Lord, encourage his heart and strengthen him and bless him as well. And so, Father, we just gather all of these works, and not only in our own denomination, but we pray for every faithful tongue and preacher of the gospel that is presenting faithfully the Scriptures. We pray that they will know blessing and salvation, and the people of God will be built up in their most holy faith. Father, as we often think and pray for believers who are in persecuting circumstances maybe in prison restrained from the liberty and freedom that we have lord bless them and help them today and may they know the peace and the joy and the power of the spirit to be a witness in whatever circumstances they are in lord we pray for those areas in the world that are torn by war and for the evil of terrorist organizations and wicked men that have ill intentions to murder and maim. Lord, we pray against those regimes in this world that are bent on godless destruction. Lord, restrain them, overturn them, and may there be righteousness ruling and reigning. Father, we pray this for our own nation of Canada, We have much to be thankful for, but we also have much to repent of. Lord, I ask that we would come to realize again the, the, the return of true and righteous leaders in our land. Hear our prayer and bless us, Lord, we ask. So, use our witness. Use our testimony. Use every individual believer from this church to be a witness, to spread the gospel, to lead sinners to Christ. Lord, we are asking this, not that we can receive any praise or glory, but that all will be deflected to our blessed Savior. Hear our prayers tonight and give us rejoicing. We're thankful for the time this morning around the communion table. And we pray now as we come to the service, and then our time of singing afterward, let it be a time of rich a thanksgiving, rich rejoicing. We ask all these things in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Let's turn again, please, to sing number five, 659, what various hindrances we meet when we come to the mercy seat. Let's stand, please, again as we sing. Amen. a true thing, isn't it, that so often when we come to a problem time in our life, we're prone to find someone who we can pour out our concern, our complaint to, and we want to have a listening ear. Maybe they'll be sympathetic toward us, Ah, but so often that's no use, and we only trouble someone else with our troubles. Well, it's a far better thing to take our burden to the Lord, casting all Our care upon him, for he cares for us, and that's the joy and the blessing that we have. Let's turn, please, in our Bible for our congregational reading to Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7, reading from verse 22 down to 28. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. And they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by Him, seeing He ever liveth, to make intercession for them. For such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of the oath which was since the law maketh the son who is consecrated forevermore. Chapter 7 of Hebrews deals with the Levitical priesthood, and it is, the apostle is showing here that there was a time stamp on the Levitical priesthood. It served for a time period. It served only to point toward our great high priest who was to come but when the lord jesus did come and offered himself upon the cross and it says that from there he ascended to glory and he is ever living to make intercession for us and so there is no longer any need for a priesthood of any kind well apart from the fact that You and I as believers today, we are called kings and priests unto God. And so if we are priests today, what have we to give? What are we to offer? Well, the Lord tells us we are to offer the sacrifice of our praise, giving thanks continually. In other words, our ministry of prayer here and now is connected to the intercession of Christ that continues on as well and so there is a very important link ah but we can rejoice tonight that our lord jesus he brought salvation to the uttermost complete salvation far-reaching inclusive of many many people and yet we know that he ever is living today to pray for us believer that's an encouraging thing Never let the devil bring you to a point of thinking you're all alone. Nobody cares. Nobody's thinking about me. No, the Lord, the Lord's always thinking about you. You are engraved upon His hands. You are written upon His heart. You are very, very close to Him. And He has promised never to leave and never to forsake us. Welcome to our service tonight. We're very glad that you are here. And we're happy that you've joined us online, but very happy that you're with us here in person tonight. And we pray that the Lord would encourage you and strengthen you. Please remember Brother James Fraser, James and Diana. They are in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, for this Lord's Day and then two more. And so I know that they would greatly appreciate uh, your prayers for them as they serve the Lord there. Please also remember our mission trip to Korea. We'll be leaving tomorrow morning with Pastor Chris Kim, his wife Hannah, and we appreciate your prayers as we travel there to visit the church of Brother Pastor Song Ki Lee, his congregation there. They are under the Free Presbyterian umbrella or canopy, and we would look forward, we're looking forward to seeing them and ministering not only in that congregation, but to uh, some other places as well. We just trust the Lord will go in front of us, make everything as smooth as possible in order for the honor of His name and that we will know safety in travel. Please remember, I mentioned this morning that the prayer meeting this Wednesday was going to be taken by Brother Alec Newell, and uh, that was a bit of a shock to him. It's actually Brother Simon. And how it all turned out, it was supposed to be Brother Fraser, and then he's over, uh, overseas. He's out in Phoenix now. So Brother Simmons going to be taking Wednesday night prayer meeting. And then he will also be ministering next Lord's Day morning. Brother Newell's on the evening service next Lord's Day. So we'll keep that, please, much in our prayers. Let's continue to hold up our school ministry. Whitfield, at the Lord's blessing, and hand would be upon that very large ministry that we have and then mentioned this morning that we have two new offering boxes that are attached to the wall on the in the foyer and please make use of those from now on and if you would like to make an offering to the work of god here well you're certainly able to do that through that way and then also online uh, you can use the different options that you have for making a donation there as we think about that as we draw near to the end of the year we want to be sure that all accounts before the lord are up to date and i'll leave that with you as far as your tithes and offerings are concerned But i want to thank you again for your your faithfulness in your giving to the work here and your giving to the missionaries that we are supporting and many of our missionaries and of course geneva reform seminary they are all supported through your general tithes and offerings because our congregation sends to the presbytery a 10 percent of all of our income in order to go to support our missionaries in general and also our seminary but then there are the tithes and offerings that are above and beyond that because if we have a visiting missionary or minister well they are also given Uh, something from the congregation here, too. So it's good to be giving out uh, to the work of God in many, many different areas. Please note that our mission trip that is planned for Jamaica, that's through the presbytery, the date has been changed. It's August the 10th to the 17th, one week in this coming summer. And if you're interested in that, please speak to me or one of the elders And we'll be sure that you get an application form uh, if you're interested in being a part of that work. We're going to sing again the Lord's praise, number 662, a sweet hour of prayer. Let's stand as we sing. (laughs) You to turn, please, tonight to the epistle of 1 John. We read this morning from 2 John, reading from the last chapter of 1 John, chapter 5, and verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and every one that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous, not troubling. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God." This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood, and it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one and there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath a Son hath life, and he that hath not Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything, According to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death There is a sin unto death, I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God is come, and hath given us an understanding, that we may know Him that is true. And we are in Him that is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. The Lord bless His word to our hearts. Let's bow, please, before Him now in prayer. Lord, we come now with the word of the Holy Spirit open. We ask Father for help, for strength. We pray that the word of the Lord would be open to every single heart here, every one listening. Father, human words are very, very weak. And yet it is a wonder and a marvel to us, Lord, that It is pleased the Spirit of God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And Lord, we can understand it because there is no power in our words. But we know, Lord, that as we speak with the authority of heaven, as we speak the Word of God, the unsearchable riches of Christ, Father, You have promised to take this Word and to use it for Your glory. And therefore we pray tonight. I pray, Lord, that as I come to speak the message of heaven with the authority of Christ Jesus, that, Lord, You will do things far beyond what we could ever do Lord, speak, I pray, tonight to the hearts of those who are unsaved. Speak, O God, I pray, a voice that will awaken a deadened soul. And I pray, Lord, tonight that all of us will hear and respond by the Spirit of God to those things that we need to hear and those things that will help us and encourage us along our Christian path. So bless us, Lord, now I pray. We ask in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. I want us to think tonight about the greatest motive that we have to pray the greatest motive that we have to seek the Lord. And as believers and as Christians, we need to be challenged in this. And primarily, I want us to draw our attention to verses 14 and 15 of chapter 5 of 1 John. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. We know that prayer has many elements to it. It has elements of communion. When we come to pray, we are communing with God from our hearts. We come in prayer to worship the Lord. We come to offer our thanksgiving. But the most common understanding is that of asking God for what we have need of, the things that we want. It is making intercession to God it is supplicating or bringing our supplication to the throne of grace. It's quite simply crying out or calling out to the Lord for the needs we have that are urgent or perhaps maybe the ongoing development of our Christian walk. Sometimes prayers are part of the disciplined schedule if we could put it that way, of our daily life. It's important for Christians to have a time when we get alone with God and we call upon the Lord and we speak to Him. But then there are some times when our prayers will be very spontaneous. Maybe it's the expression of some emergency, something that's happened, and we need the Lord to step in right away. And those prayers, they they come from our hearts in a time of urgency. Other times our prayers are, well, more the quiet meditation of a heart that is burdened. The breathing out of our prayers and our praise and our thanksgiving, maybe at the end of a very wearying and tiring day, when you will place your head upon your pillow and you will pray yourself to sleep. And that's not a bad way in which to find your sleep at night. But public praying is also very much a part of a believer's life. That is why we make strong, strong emphasis here and it's put upon the church prayer meeting, whether it's the weekly prayer meeting on Wednesday night or it is the pre-service prayer time that we have every Lord's Day evening, it's important for us to stress that the Christian life, the Christian ministry, the Christian development, the ongoing work of this church, it has to go forward by prayer or quite frankly, friends, it will not go forward. Duncan Campbell, who was used mightily of God in the Isle of Lewis revival in 1949 and 1950, he said, what the church needs is not more program, but more presence. And he was emphasizing that the people of God that come together to seek the Lord, we need God's presence in our life, in our prayer life, more than we need the programs that the church can offer of this and that and something else. We all know that programs are not bad. They are important. They're necessary because you have to have some organization in the local church. But it's when the programs dealing with this issue and that issue and some other concern and that other sector, when they begin to take the priority, then we have missed the emphasis that the local church of Christ needs always to have in mind, and that is the centrality of the people of God being men and women of prayer, seeking the face of God, calling upon the blessing of the Lord to be upon our church, to be upon our denomination, to be upon our witness, friends, to be upon us individuals in our families. We want to see spiritual growth in our church. We want to see numerical growth in our church. We want to see our fellowships being used of God in a very practical way so that we can make an impact upon our community. So that we can make an impact among our neighborhood as believers who testify of Christ. We want to know God's power And that power will come to us only as we are upon our faces before God seeking Him earnestly. Believer, we cannot leave this responsibility to someone else. We cannot say that that is the pastor's responsibility or job. That's what the elders are supposed to do. Maybe the deacons will pitch in on this fact. No, it is every single Christian's responsibility to be a man and a woman of prayer. We all need to be encouraged, and we all need to be reminded not to neglect the place of prayer, personally, in our devotions, and in the church family the time constraints and the weariness of the flesh and a thousand other distractions, each one of those can eat away at our prayer life. And when that happens, we will see ourselves becoming a little bit colder in heart and devotion to the Lord, We will all experience the weakness of our own arms spiritually. We will will sense the blessing of God sort of pouring through our lives like a bucket that's full of holes. And when you fill it, the blessing drains away. We will find the weakness of ability to stand against the enemy of our souls. We will be weak in trying to combat the enemy that comes against our church. I have endeavored to remind us all that we are in a warfare and a battle every single day against the world, the flesh, and the devil, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. What would the devil like us to be like? He would be happy if we're sort of lulled to sleep and going about our daily life and just thinking that all is well. Don't get too excited about these things. Just be, be normal. Don't be some sort of a, a spiritual emph- emphatic or fanatic rather. Just be, be easy at all this. Friends, the battle is intensifying and the warfare is great. And as we endeavor to be a light and a witness in our time, we're called to be people of prayer. I wonder how many times have the forces of evil been held back from your life by the faithful praying of a loved one for you? How many times, parent, as you have sought God to see Satan defeated in the life of your children, have you been holding back the forces of evil? But how many times, parent, maybe, have we been neglectful because we've been consumed with a thousand other things in our lives, and our families have been at risk because we become somewhat of a plaything of the devil, let us not be deceived. Satan is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And the devil wants to take us down. If we think that we can go against the enemy of our souls with the weaponry of our own intellect or our own organization, we are fools. We must not ever set aside the weaponry of, weaponry of prayer that God has given to us. When our life is going rather smoothly, we can become not just careless, but foolhardy about prayer... Let a trial come. Let some persecution surprise us. and We will be quickly driven to our knees in prayer. And why? Because we're calling on the Lord for help, for deliverance, for salvation, for safety. And when we are very weak in ourselves, we often find that we are very strong in the Lord. And so, as one man said, I will take a vote of no confidence in the flesh. And as Paul said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content, because I have learned that when I am weak in myself, then I am strong in the Lord. And what has the Lord said to us? How has He encouraged us in His Word? He has said to us, ye shall seek Me and find Me, when ye shall search for Me with all your heart. And therefore, I want us tonight to drink in of these verses we have in 1 John, and that we will make liberal use of them and of the promises that God has given to his people freely given through our Lord Jesus and we will see them applied in our lives so in the first place let's think about this it is that through Christ we have confidence in prayer He says at the opening phrase of verse 14, and this is the confidence that we have in Him. And if you're under any misunderstanding of who the Him is, you only have to look at verse 13 and it will be clarified. Now, sometimes in a rather lighter way of thinking sometimes we have confidence in things that well they let us down i don't know if you've ever well now you have to now you have to buy the shopping bags you don't any longer get the plastic ones but there was a time when you were able to get a shopping bag a plastic one and you filled it full of stuff and you walked out of the store And you thought it was going to hold uh, all the stuff you had packed in it. And you only got out in the parking lot and you found, oh, uh, this, this let me down. And then you're scrambling to pick up the oranges that are rolling down the parking lot and under somebody else's car. And you somehow have to get them again. Well, your confidence in that shopping bag, it was less than it was. And now that you have to buy them, they're a bit stronger and yet you still try to stuff them full with everything because you only brought two shopping bags, you didn't bring three, and that's sometimes the way it is. What about that plastic lawn chair that was guaranteed to hold 300 pounds, and it gave up under 250, and uh, you're a bit disappointed because you're on the grass and uh, it's broken under you? The in law that boasted of his plumbing skills, you let him try to fix the faucet, and you came back to a flooded kitchen sometime later, things disappoint you. Things that you have confidence in, or you had some type of confidence, well, it let you down. A bit more serious, when someone who you thought was a friend, they promised to support you, no matter what. I'll be there for you. And the very time you needed them, you called out. But they weren't there. Maybe because they just didn't want to be there, or maybe because they were just unavailable and they couldn't be there. But you had confidence in someone or something, and it let you down. And what about us? Have we ever let someone else down? Have we ever let ourselves down? Have you, have you stepped out to have maybe confidence in your own ability? To get yourself out of a mess, out of a problem. And you have confidence in yourself and ability and power maybe to deliver, to come through, Maybe you have had the power, you thought, to resist some temptation. Maybe you've had some idea that you could get over this yourself. And what has happened? You have fallen down flat on your face. And you have succumbed to that temptation. And maybe it's been some besetting sin. There are many other illustrations of failed confidence. But I can tell you tonight, on the authority of God's Word, there is one who will never fail you. There is one that we can have tonight absolute and perfect confidence in, and it is our unfailing Savior. Look at verse 13. Look what John says. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. This is God's holy word. You could not get something more clear than this word you have believed on the Son of God and you have eternal life. But did you notice that he repeats that very thing? He repeats that statement. He says that ye may know ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. So he says, first of all, You believe on the Son of God and you have eternal life. And then he says that you might know you have eternal life and that you will believe on the Son of God. There is a cause and an effect in this statement or in these statements. The Holy Spirit has led us to believe on the Son of God. And the effect of that has been that we've received eternal, everlasting life. But then once we are saved, the cause is believing on the Son of God and the effect is the confidence that we have in Him. The first is salvation and the second is assurance of our salvation. Friend, I want you to think about that tonight very deeply because many times Christians find themselves in a situation of being uncertain about their salvation. They remember a time when they called on the Lord, they asked the Lord Jesus to save them. In that sense, in the first part of verse 13, they they believed on the Son of God. And in believing, the promise is you have eternal life. But then something happened. Something happened. Maybe they began to drift away from the Lord. Maybe the teaching that they would have had or should have had in the Scripture was not adequate. And they got involved in some other aberrant teaching. And they may have drifted away. And before long, they're not sure whether they're coming or going. They they don't know whether it was genuine that they believed in the Lord and they were truly saved, or whether now they have lost their salvation. Could it be that I was saved one day and lost the next day? Was there such a thing? Is there such a thing? And so, friends, what is the antidote to that? the very Word of God is here and it gives us the antidote. We have believed in the Son of God and we have received eternal life. But then John goes on to say, yes, you have eternal life and you have believed in the Son of God and that gives me assurance. I will never be lost. I will never be cast off. I have the knowledge of Christ in my life and I have the joy and the peace of the Lord in my heart and I am certain today I know when I die I am going to glory. Friend, I ask you tonight do you have this confidence in your heart? Believer, you're listening or person, you're listening online tonight. You made some profession but today you're not sure. Well, I tell you tonight that if you have believed in the Son of God as your Savior, the promise of Scripture is that you are safe and secure in Him. And you will never be lost. You will be never cast away. And this is the confidence that we have in Christ. It's not in a pastor, it's not in a church, not in elders. It's in our Lord because He is the only one that we can have confidence in. It is a cause and effect relationship. We have believed by the Holy Spirit. We have received the Son of God. We know we have believed in Him and we have the assurance of our salvation. And what does This confidence lead to when we have the assurance of our salvation, it gives us a holy certainty. It gives us a holy resolve. It gives us that inner confidence by the witness of the Spirit that we are the sons and daughters of the Most High. And look, once you've been brought into that adoptive relationship with the Lord, you cannot become an unson or an undaughter no the blessed truth of this tonight is that we have peace and assurance and everlasting hope with him let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We're talking about prayer tonight. But friends, if you don't have assurance of your salvation, what use is it going to be to try to pray to the Lord for all the other things we have need of or praying for somebody else? There's no use. There's no use praying for somebody else until, first of all, you know that you are a child of the King and you are secure and held in His hand. And the Lord Jesus said that once we have believed in Him, we are held in the hand of our eternal God and Father, and there is no force, no power that can remove us from there. Now with that knowledge, with that confidence, I may come boldly to the Lord and say, Father in heaven, I belong to you, and you belong to me. And therefore, I have authority by the invitation to come and to seek your face in prayer. Friends, let us know tonight, this is not arrogance. This is not presumption. This is the blessed invitation and the welcome that we have By our Heavenly Father. John teaches us something else here from these verses. The second thought is that we have the open catalog of God's revealed will to request of Him. Come back to verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. If we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. There is something I'm going to call a curse and it's the curse of the prosperity gospel preaching and message. The television is well inundated, the cable channels anyways, with those preachers that come on, and they are flamboyant, most of them. And they will promise people that if they would give their Seed money, their seed donations, their seed offerings. That's what they have to do, and there's some appeal, a great appeal going out, and you make your $1,000 seed offering. you make your $100 seed offering, and God will multiply that. Because the promise is that whatsoever you ask of God, He will give it to you. And it's a lie. It's a lie of the devil. And what it does, it milks people who are gullibly taken in by such heresy and such false teaching. And they will give their money to those ministries or organization or schemes and they're getting richer and richer and filthy rich. There are enough... Exposures on the internet of some of these charlatans that will show you the multi million million dollar homes that they own not just one but two, three, or four the great cars, the great expenditures, and they're just bringing the funds in. Dollars are pouring in, and the helpless souls we could put it that way blinded by the devil's deception in such a thing is teaching. This type of foolishness. It's built on this idea that if you ask God anything, He wants you to be prosperous, He wants you to be rich, He wants you to be wealthy, and it usually degenerates into some material thing that will gratify the flesh. You want a bigger home? You put your seed money in and you pray and God will give it to you. You want a bigger car, you want a bigger this or that or something else. My friends, the Lord never says that in His Word. The Lord promises to take care of His people. He promises to bless us But let us never fail to understand and grasp the truth that the blessing of God upon His people is first and foremost the spiritual blessing and the spiritual prosperity that we have been promised of our God. And if we think otherwise, or if we begin to go down the road otherwise, there will be problems. But I also interject this to be clear, that the Lord has promised that if we faithfully tithe to Him and to His work, that He will supply the needs that His people have. And you know as well as I do that there are examples of some believers Who have a lot of money and they are still very faithful to God and His Word. They are staying close to His Word. And as God blesses some more than others, we can rejoice in that as well. And we can be thankful to God for the blessings He gives to some. And especially if you might not have the same amount as someone else, don't be envious of that believer but rather thank God and pray for those people. And maybe a good prayer would be, Lord, bless them in their wealth and don't allow it to get a hold of them to take them astray. Yes, the Lord does faithfully honor His Word and He blesses those who faithfully give to Him. There is no doubt about that. There are times when this will be fulfilled, and there are other times when you will not evidence the material promotion of those things. And at that time, it may well be a test of your faith. It may well be a test of, are you going to trust the Lord? Are you going to tithe and give even of the small amount that you have or can? The Lord tells us to bring the tithes and the offerings into His house, to His work. But friends, the most important thing to realize is that God's promise upon His people is the promise of spiritual blessing. And what is it, therefore, that we will pray according to His will? What will we pray Well, I ask you, believer, do you desire in your life to be more like Christ? Do you desire that God's will to make us more reflecting the nature and the character of our Lord Jesus will be completed in our life? Then as you pray that prayer, that is a prayer that God will answer in your life you can be absolutely certain of that. There is no doubt, and it's exactly in line with what John is telling us here, that whatsoever we pray according to His will, you bring your prayers upon the promises of God's Word and say, Lord, I want Your will to be perfectly and completely fulfilled in my life, And I don't want, Lord, anything that is outside your will for my life. That's a prayer of faith. And as we pray upon that basis, God will absolutely answer. Do you want believer to be used in his service in some way? It is his will that you are useful and use your talents for His glory and for His kingdom. And you pray that God will open doors for you to go through, open doors of service, some kind, somewhere, whatever that might be. And it might be the case of you saying, Lord, I want my life to be used for you in its entirety. And so I bring my life to the altar of sacrifice for service for you. And as you pray that prayer, God will answer that prayer. Do You need to pray for victory over some besetting sin. There might be something going on in your heart and life right now. And you've tried and prayed and you've been burdened about this matter and you can't seem to get the victory over it but i say to you it is god's will that you have victory over that besetting sin in your life god does not want us to carry on in sin and walk some kind of a double pathway in the world and in christ he doesn't want that and therefore he tells us and he commands us be ye holy as I am holy. And the holiness of God in the life of a Christian must be preeminent. How can we be like our Lord if we are compromised in some sin in the world and therefore whatever it is that has a a grip upon us, whatever chain seems to be holding us back, you pray, Lord, break that chain Lord, take away that besetting sin from my life. Because, Lord, You have commanded me to be holy as You are holy, and therefore I cannot be holy if I'm held captive by something that I have no power over. And so You confess, Lord, I am weak on this matter. I cannot get victory over it. And then You come to the Lord And maybe you've come to the Lord before and maybe you've stumbled and fallen again. And you think, Lord, it's not working. You get to your face in prayer and you seek the Lord on that matter and you keep on praying. And I tell you, you will know the victory from God because it is His will. And that's what John is saying. We have the open catalogue of the revealed will of God to request from Him. We have all of His promises. And as we pray them, believer, we can pray and know that God hears our prayer. That's the third thought I leave with you tonight. We have the assurance of God's ear to hear our prayer. John says quite directly, He hears us. If you were to pray and pray and pray, and uh, you, you didn't think that God was listening to you, or you had no understanding that your prayers were being heard, you'd give up. You'd give up pretty quick. What's the point of it all? You know, as we age, our hearing usually declines a bit. And uh, some family members, my own, are saying to me, Dad, you need to get a hearing aid. And then after I ask them to repeat what they just said, I'll say, no thanks, my hearing's just fine. I hear everything just exactly that I need to hear, and uh, so on and so forth. And some of you may be in the same boat where people are telling you, you need to get your hearing checked or something like that. I want to tell you tonight, though, very certainly, our God does not have any hearing issues. He does not need hearing aids. He hears everything that we speak. But something further, our God hears the whisper that's going on inside your heart right now. He knows our thoughts afar off. He knows every thought that's going through our minds right now. And He knows every prayer that every Christian is offering to Him across this globe. It is divine. It is heavenly. It is the miracle of our God's omnipotence. In Psalm 34 and verse 15, it says, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and His ears are open unto their cry. And the Apostle Peter picked up that same quotation from Psalm 34 when he said in 1 Peter 3.12, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open unto their cry prayers. When we pray, when we cry out to the Lord, when we call upon Him, either verbally as we do in an open prayer meeting, or maybe you pray openly in your own closet, or whether it's the silent intercession of a believing heart, or maybe, friend, it comes to the time when you cannot even articulate what's going on inside your heart. Romans 8 tells us, that the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered when we have no words to speak and it's just the yearning of our heart. God hears and He knows. And friends, we can come to Him in every time of our need and we are assured that He hears us. If we know That our God hears us, then we have the final thought I leave with you, number four the certainty that our requests will be granted. For we're told here in verse 15, and if we know that He hears us, that whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we desired of Him. As far as words go for clarity, well, you can't get anything that's more clear than that. You pray, God hears, we know He hears, and therefore we have the certainty that our prayers will be answered. We know this because we are His children. We've been saved by sovereign grace. We've been saved by Him. And we know this because we come upon the ground of the blood that has been shed by our Redeemer. And that blood that speaks better things than Abel's blood is the blood that we come to the Lord on and we're guaranteed of an access to Him. And we claim as His children, the merit of Christ. And we often say that phrase, and I want you to be sure you you understand what we mean by that when we talk about the merit of Christ. When He died upon the cross, and when the Lord shed His perfect blood for us, He made atonement for our sin. He paid the price of our sin. But when our Lord Jesus was alive on earth and He lived as a human being, our brother, bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh, and He lived perfectly before His Father, He did always those things that pleased Him. He obeyed every commandment. There was no sin in Him him at all. The merit of our Lord's righteous and holy life belongs to us tonight. And, believer, what Jesus did for us in living perfectly has been applied to us as His children, as His brothers, as sisters. And so, We claim in prayer the merit of Christ's perfect righteousness. Is there anything better that you could bring to God to claim? Do you have anything yourself to bring? No, we don't. We have everything that is sealed and fulfilled and completed. And we therefore can rest upon His promise to hear and to answer our prayers. So, as we bring our time to a close tonight, and as we have this Scripture in front of us to feast on, let it turn over in your heart and mind. Bring it to the Lord on your knees tonight in your own prayer. Thank God for the blessings He has given to us And let us rejoice with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. Bow, please, before Him now. Father, these words are so precious and clear and straightforward. And I pray that each one of us will mix them with faith so we will grow in Christ. Lord, bless us now tonight. Bless us as we take a little time to sing praises unto your name. And we ask, Lord, that Christ will be glorified in our gathering now as we continue in prayer and in praise, we ask in His precious and holy name. Amen. We're going to sing one hymn in closing now, number 660. What a friend! We have in Jesus all our sins and griefs to bear. And then if you're not able to stay for our time of singing after, about ten minutes or so, you feel free to leave during the time we're singing the closing hymn. But if you're able to stay, we'll take some of your favorites. Let's stand as we close our service. Please be seated. We have a couple of requests that have come to us by the email from those folks that are online. And so we'll let you know if you didn't put your request in tonight and you want to the next time we come together, those folks who are watching online, you can just send that email through and we'll try to to see to that request. Well let's uh, take first of all, well we'll do the first one that came through, number 452. So we'll turn to that first of all, 452. It'll be on the screen as well. You can look there or in your hymnal, whatever your choice is. Oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer. We'll do verses 1 and 4, remaining seated while we sing. <clears throat>